It's Monday, October 7th, 2019, and Christian fucking McCaffrey is still scoring points. You're in the doghouse. Fantasy football. everybody today. I'm doing all right. Didn't win. Didn't win a lot of money this last week. But I felt really good about the write-up in general. Uh, There was a couple of misses in there, definitely. Um, But for the most part, putting the write-up together, uh, following the spreadsheet doing the podcast I think it was pretty clear where I should have you know where where we should have went um, I don't think the core four necessarily worked out the way that I wanted to but I don't believe it was a killer um, David Johnson didn't do nearly as well as what he should have but he was still you know within the top five, six running backs. And yeah, 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 we'll get to the two big boys. But <clears throat> didn't kill the lineup. Um, Jimmy Graham, disappointment. Ugh. Tight end as a whole was really disappointment, unless you paid up for Zach Ertz. Um, New England defense, yeah, paid up for safety. Got 13 points. Um, I believe on both formats it was 13 on FanDuel and DraftKings, you know, Yahoo and Fancy Draft included. So that wasn't that wasn't a big deal. And we'll get we'll get to the one defense. Um, but then you know you take a look at uh, DK on Tate definitely hit his value. Um, at 3.8, and then he finished it just a shade under 12, if I remember correctly. I don't have my notes on me. But, you know, and then we had Golden Tate on FanDuel, where he was minimum price, and he failed, point-wise. You know, straight up, you know, didn't do shit. But, at the same time, it was a give-and-take play. The reason why you wanted to use him for cash was just to make sure that you were able to afford a couple of the higher-end running backs in there. Now, uh, when I made my FanDuel lineup, I was able to fit David Johnson, uh, Zeke Elliott, and Christian McCaffrey. What was the big one? Christian McCaffrey. Who was the guy that I said I really, really wanted to pay up for? Christian McCaffrey. So what happened to me on yesterday? Did well on FanDuel. Hit all my cash games. 
even had a you know a, a decent GPP lineup. It could have been even better. Uh, my my uh, FanDuel cash lineup was 155, <clears throat> and that was with basically almost getting nothing out of my wide receivers whatsoever. Uh, because I did, I did pay up, and I got Deshaun Watson in there as well. So I had Deshaun Watson and Christian McCaffrey, which basically carried me, and then the sec- all the secondary pieces uh, pulled me up across that cash line. Cash lines were at 150, just 30 points above normal. My GPP lineup was 166. That was without Will Fuller for whatever reason. I didn't put Will Fuller in my Deshaun Watson stack. Why? i completely honest. I was hungover as shit yesterday morning. Um, was perfectly fine. I have historically over the, like, the last five, six years, I've had adverse effects to um, beer which is one of my favorite beverages. Uh, especially, you know, as far as the adult adult beverages. Uh, but I've really had to wean off of it because it really, screw, it really screws with my head, you know, get that fogginess, uh, the hangover effect. Um, whereas uh, I am a huge rum and coke guy. Like, you know, it's my preferred drink, but... You know, beer's cheaper when you get out when you get out to the bar and stuff. And I was hanging out with my girlfriend for with Anna, Anna uh, engagement party. <clears throat> and so instead of drinking my regular liquor, you know, paid down and and uh, had beer instead, and it really screwed me up the next morning. And uh, kind of, I had my FanDuel lineups already set. My DK, my Yahoo, and my fantasy draft, I hadn't set yet. So I got up at got up nine my time. And I still had three hours to get all the rest of these lineups done, and I fumbled through all of it. And then a couple of my GPP lineups on FanDuel. So the one thing that I did not do on the other sites was do what I say I wanted to do. I was definitely going to try and pay up for Watson and McCaffrey. Instead went with Zeke Elliott, who he failed from a you know return standpoint. Didn't you know get the three X or the two and a half X that we were looking at on FanDuel, you know, the three at DK. So, you know, really, he was technically a fail, but he was a safe option compared to a lot of other, a lot of other spots, but still, if I was going to pay, I should have just paid all the way up for McCaffrey, especially since I was so on it. Uh, the one miss, at, and the one miss that I did have at running back, that really need to look into it, is Aaron Jones with the four touchdowns. He was very low-owned in cash games, GPPs. So I need to kind of go back take a look at that. I'm going to see if I can find out where I went wrong on that and uh, try to put that out for tomorrow's podcast uh, when we go through our waiver, our waiver wire episode. But uh, so I missed there wasn't necessary for cash as long as you had McCaffrey on there. Um, so we went through the Tates. Uh, wide receivers. So Julio and Hopkins decided not to, you know, they showed up. They showed up, but they didn't. Um, especially Julio. Uh, Hopkins kind of saved his day a little bit, but did not give us the return that we were looking for. Uh, the big big wide receivers for that game was, you know, obviously Will Fuller with 200 plus yards and and the three touchdowns. 
And then, like I said, with Calvin Ridley, that I was on him a little bit more, so I, you know, I included uh, Ridley uh, because he did have the upside. He was very, very low priced, and that's kind of why Ridley came in before Will Fuller. But if you go back and actually listen to the podcast, I did say I really liked Will Fuller in the spot, and he has an opportunity to get that uh, positive regression to reclaim what he's been missing as far as touchdowns, uh, getting the receptions. Um, So the thing that I've been struggling with mentally from that aspect, from that aspect, is Will Fuller was a guy that I have included in cash before, but there's a different way that I'm doing the write-up where I'm actually doing the cash, you know, cash-specific versus GPP. Um, Anybody that's you know looked at the write-ups the past three years, there was always players that were on the border. It was the cash slash GPP plays, guys that were a little bit higher risk, so they were more suitable for GPP. But the pricing and everything was right on them. Their matchup was just immaculate. So if you were willing to absorb the risk, they were always playable in cash. And usually that was, you know, somebody in the mid the mid to lower range. Um, instead of, you know, a lot of the higher price guys. So there really there really needs to be something done in there because I really wanted to play Will Fuller in cash but I didn't know if I could risk, if I if it was worth the risk or telling you you guys that it was worth the risk so I'll leave it up to everybody mostly the full time full time uh, fantasy subscribers because uh, they can get a hold of me a little bit easier and right away but do you guys want to see that cash slash GPP return? And it won't be, you know, like a lot of guys. It'll just be like, look, I'm really on this guy. He's going to be a risk, but are we willing to absorb the risk? Because that cost, that cost everybody 50 points. Now, it's not going to be, you know, some guy that's going to go off for 50 points, but who knows? It could be somebody that's, you know, a 5K, you know, 4 or 5K, but he could he could definitely go off for 30, just for the plain simple fact that he's a little bit more of a risk. He's never, you know, Will Fuller's more of the down-the-field down guy, um, but he was somebody that Deshaun Watson really likes, and... You know, just finally clicked. So, if you guys want to want me to include cash last GPP, I can include it. Now it'll usually be a wide receiver, or yeah, it's it's usually just a wide receiver. It's never really going to be like a running back. Um, maybe one running back a week, but it, and then it'd be just like one or two wide receivers each week that probably would pop up on there. But, you know, nothing nothing crazy. I don't want to go nuts and just say, oh, well, this, these guys are good for both. Everywhere, you know, there's fucking, there's ten guys that you could use for both. Because then it ends up being, it, it ends up being confusing if we get too many of those. So, I'd be willing to do that if you guys want me to bring that back. Um, I think that's really the only change, though, that I would make. Um, just for the plain simple fact that I, I'm not really overthinking anything. It's just I really wanted to involve him, but 
I didn't know if I was willing to have you guys take on the risk. Um, that was involved with it. But, uh, yeah, that, that kind of sucked. I had them in a lot of GPP lineups, but I didn't have them in any, you know, of course I didn't have them in any cash because I couldn't write them up because I didn't write them up in cash. But, um, you know, there's a lot of things that hit. There was a lot of things that hit and miss. Like, all the cash game, like all the cash game quarterbacks hit. Or at least, you know, were decent. You know, we, I had Deshaun Watson. I said, you know, you can pay down. Go to Tom Brady, who wouldn't have killed you. Um, or Matt Ryan, who wouldn't have killed you. Would have allowed you to, you know, pay up, get Christian McCaffrey and stuff like that. But... You know, the GBP quarterback, Jesus Christ. But I, I mean, Aaron Jones really, really screwed the pooch on the Aaron Rodgers call um, just because they got ahead. So it really was not going to be the Packers throwing at that at that point in time. And that's what killed, like, you know, MVS, uh, anything possible with Jimmy Graham outside of just, you know, moving the chains type throws. Um And then Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Ew, Jesus Christ. I, I'd have to take a look at the matchups, but holy shit, am I going to wait a week or two on that and just uh, probably wait and see what happens there because, wow, that team took a huge shit in a really good spot. Um, and, then he had, and then he had Jameis Winston, who I said... A risk. I saw. I saw things happening both ways, and I couldn't put my finger on which one. Now, he still made the, you know, cut as far as thing because he had the upside. He had the defensive matchups. I mean, he hit Godwin twice down the middle. If you're not going to throw it to Evans, just keep fucking throwing it to Godwin. Godwin would have had the same, you know, day exact same day that Will Fuller did. And maybe even recoup the two touchdowns that Will Fuller lost at the one. So, you know, looking into it, he failed. He failed. Um, It really sucked, though, too, because they had put New Orleans defense in the write-up, too, as a GPP play. But they really didn't. I mean, they, they played well. It was not, you know, high dad fact. But, I mean... It wasn't really, they didn't do anything with the turnovers, uh, which we had hoped maybe they would do, um, stuff like that. So, it is what it is. Uh, running backs, of course, he had Christian McCaffrey at the top. Uh, the old, the obvious omission of Aaron Jones, um, which, you know, I went the Aaron Rodgers route, so that's the major reason why. You know, he wasn't included because he just can't include everybody from a team. But, well, I guess unless it, unless they're playing the Dolphins, then maybe, you know, everybody's in play. But, so I did have that. David Johnson, eh, you all do that bad. Dalvin Cook was good. He was good. Had a couple of fumbles, but, you know, he was still good. He wouldn't have killed your lineup. Um... Really disappointed in Derrick Henry, and that that falls more on Tennessee and whatever the fuck they were thinking. Um, having Mariota throw against that defense, I mean, if you would have told me that Mariota was going to throw that much compared to you know running the ball with Henry, I would have I would have taken the fucking Bills all day, all fucking day. I mean, that was just absolute fucking horseshit. Um, just real garbage. Everybody in Tennessee should be fucking fired. And then, let's see. Is there really anything? Oh, Leonard Fournette came through again. Um, we could trust Fournette. You know, he's kind of, he's, it's like, what did I say? He's a poor man's fucking McCaffrey. You're getting him for a lot less of a price. You're getting a huge discount on him compared to CMC. He's getting 
all the fucking touches, all the looks. Just got fucked by, you know, the Reichel, uh, Reichel Armstead play. But, um, yeah, looking back at running back, I think the running backs were solid this week. Like I said, with the one omission, that's probably where I have a little bit of regret, but I have to see it if... I have to see what everybody else was seeing. There's a bunch of people that were, that, you know, are now coming out of the woodwork saying that Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones is a great play, and he wasn't talked about all fucking week. I mean, a lot of the Packers weren't talked about outside of, you know, uh, targets for MVS and some of the other, you know, cast of pass receivers. So, I really need to look into that Aaron Jones. But, uh, moving on to wide receiver, you know, you had, obvious, you know, Julio Hopkins didn't come through. Fucking Mike Evans. That's why he's GPP only. I'll never play that fucker in cash. Is I don't know what the fuck's going on. I mean, it's obvious, you know, Godwin had the obvious matchup. And then Lattimore, you know, just give credit to Lattimore. Lattimore shut him down. Um, and I think that's the real big takeaway from it that's kind of getting lost in the shuffle. Everybody wants to bitch at Mike Evans for not doing anything. Well, give fucking Marshawn Lattimore some props. The guy's been getting fucking beat all season. And then he shuts he shuts down a, an obvious stud player in, in Mike Evans. I mean, that's a fucking tough job. And he was up to the task. So, Godwin came through. Allen Robinson came through. Now, I didn't see two fucking touchdowns. I saw one touchdown. Just because that secondary for Oakland is so weak, you know. But, Jesus Christ, two? And he got the yardage? Fuck. What a nice... It was such a nice play. I wish I would have put him in more. Um, Cortland Sutton uh, didn't break out, you know, as far as return. But, I mean, he got he got the value that we wanted at a real cheap price. Like I said, his price is not fucking going up. And Joe Flacco is, he's throwing to him, you know, every game. You know, he's the first fucking read. It's not Emmanuel Sanders anymore. It's Cortland Sutton. I saw that out out, uh, of week four. So I'm like, why am I going to Emmanuel Sanders? Why am I not looking at Cortland Sutton? I mean, I love Cortland Sutton. Last year I said, Cortland Sutton's the fucking wide receiver to guy. You know, out of this draft. But it was just going to take a year or two. Well, he's, he's showing up in his second year. Um, let me think. Auden Tate was okay. He was okay. Got the value. He got the value where we needed it. He got it over, you know, on the full, the full point PPR sites. Like I said, I wasn't paying that fucking price. Uh, for Auden Tate over on FanDuel. I, he was the same he was the same fucking price as you know in the Sutton Sutton and Allen Robson range. I'm like, I'm not paying for fucking Auden Tate when I can pay for these these fucking guys. Um should go back just one because we're talking Allen Robinson and the Bears we I need need to keep an eye on Josh Jacobs. I need to specifically look tomorrow and go back to the week five right up. Go to the strength of schedule and look at the next few weeks because he's got a if I remember correctly, Josh Jacobs has a pretty good schedule coming up uh, against weaker rush defenses. So he's somebody that we need to kind of mark down because everybody's forgetting about him. You know, they are on they're on you know break uh, bye week this week because they were out in London. But 
just kind of get ahead of the curve, just kind of take a look. We'll do that as we go through. But, uh, yeah, other wide receivers. Ridley was good. Ridley got the value. Will Fuller, of course. Um, God, there's somebody else that I'm missing. I can't remember if it was good or bad. We'll just say it was bad. That guy sucked. I don't know who it is. But he sucked. Sucked a big bag. Big bag of dicks. But, uh... Yeah, so going to tight end... Tight end was a fucking shit show this week. I mean... You were were happy in a full-point PPR if you had Kelsey. Even though you had to pay it through the nose. Just for the plain simple fact that he got double-digit points. I mean... Aside from him... And really, uh, uh, Zach Ertz, there really wasn't anybody that, you know, wowed us. I saw a lot of Darren Waller out there, and I looked at Darren Waller, too. Darren Waller, the Darren Waller play was no Tyrell Williams, so the targets all had to go somewhere. So Darren Waller got pulled in there. Well, I wasn't falling for that shit. You can't really, you can't really throw on the Bears. You can fucking run on them, but you can't, you can't really throw on them unless you have, unless you have a capable, you know, actual passing offense, you know, a good quarterback. You've got, uh, some number one, some number ones can do it. Uh, they have to be super talented. Uh, number twos are better because you're on the Mukamura side, who's the weaker, who's the weaker of the two outside corners, and then you, I mean, if you get a stud, if you get that stud uh, slot wide receiver, like I told you, I mean, Renfro would be involved. But what did I say? It's fucking Renfro. It's a rookie. I mean, I'm even. I wasn't going to start him against Buster Screen, but you get the Rams who are coming up. Who would be there? Cooper Cup. Who's not going to fucking touch him? Everybody. Because this is a Bears defense. But in a game like that, you're probably expecting... You, you're going to still expect L.A. to throw the ball all around the field. But that's future. That's in the future. That's in like two weeks. It's like week seven. We need to talk about week six. After we talk about defenses, of course. Um... New England wasn't bad. Maybe didn't need to put him in the core four and, you know, had that expensive defense. Uh, Bears, you know, six points. Uh, they were a little bit cheaper. Kind of really underwhelmed. Um, Should have pulled them out as soon as they found out the fucking travel plans that they had, like, they, they like they literally got to London, like, the day before the fucking game, like, really? Really, you waited, you waited until the last fucking minute to get there? That's just stupid. You, we need to pay attention to that shit. You need to see the travel schedules. The teams that have been there before know what the fuck they're doing. They're, they're getting there earlier in the week. They're getting acclimated to the time zone, so kudos to the Oakland Raiders on there happy because I'm a Packers fan, so fuck the Bears, but uh, Carolina came through, Uh, they did allow a lot of points to Gardner Minshew and DJ Chark, but they scored the defensive touchdown, they had, you know, a lot of the secondaries, you know, they had uh, sacks, interceptions, Uh, I believe they had a fumble recovery in there too. Fumble recovery, I think, was actually the touchdown. But uh, so they're scoring points that way. Um, so they came through. Now the thing of it is, and that's that's a guy that I really, you know, missed on. But I, I don't think I would have ever written up actually DJ Chark. Not when I had Fournette. They should have been writing Fournette even more than what they did. But. Uh, I needed. I, I want. I'm going to go and take a look at the wide receivers that 
James Bradbury's face so far this year. Because he's been pretty good this year, except for two games. I can't remember what the earlier one is, but I know he got burned. And then I was kind of on it, like, okay, the number one again. But it didn't happen. But it didn't happen again until he faced DJ Chark. A faster, you know, he's a tall, faster guy. And I want to go back and see who was on him. I think it was week two. If I remember correctly, it was week two. But somebody, he was on somebody, he got burned. And it, it put me back on him. But it might be the type of wide receiver that he can't cover. And that might be the key. So that's something I need to figure out and then get written down. So we get the same style receiver against James Bradbury. You know, like the next game against Carolina, everybody might want to play the wide receiver one. But if it's the wrong style wide receiver, then it's a bad play. But if it's the right kind of wide receiver, that might be the key. So he might actually show up do his job this week, burn everybody, and then the following week, we take advantage of it. So I'll take a look into that. Um, Hold on. Having a cigarette while I'm doing this. Fuck you, I know I get cancer from this. But you can also die from vaping. And apparently a lot quicker. So I'll take my slow, timely death and smoke my Marlboro. But I know there's a lot of people that are angry about, you know, God, you know, Payline on FanDuel was 150, Payline on DK was 200 in the cat in cash. You know, generally it's 120 and 150. So you had just an incredible increase on there. You had like a 33% increase on the pay line in DK. And then let's see, 30, 40. And then you had a 25% pay line increase on FanDuel. If you miss the pay lines, but you had it, Right? You had, let's just say you had a 130. Uh, on FanDuel, you were on DK, you had uh, a 180. Don't get discouraged about it. You put up the score that you, you, that you needed on, you know, 90% of the weeks. What's really going to start burning players, especially after this week, okay? So you had last week where everything was just off the fucking rails, right? And then you get into a week where the shit hits the fan and everybody scores. Pay lines are way up. So what happens? People get off of what they're accustomed to doing. They can, they get off, you know, their process. And they start going for 200 versus 150. They start going for 150 instead of 120. So they end up making mistakes. Yeah, I did say, you know, earlier, I'll change my process a little bit. I'll tweak it. But it was getting back to a process that I had before where I gave you you know a couple of guys that were kind of on the border so it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to use them either the safer plays are always going to be the cash plays it's not changing that much it's not it's just allowing me if I see if I'm really on a guy to include him in the cash area with a little bit more risk. But it means that I'm on this guy 
I want to have him in my lineup. You know he's going to be in my lineup probably if I put him in there. That's why I'll only do like one or two. So it just adds that little bit of upside because I'm still I'm still targeting 130. I'm still trying to get 10 points over the cash line on FanDuel. I'm still targeting, you know, 160 on DK because I want to have that 10 that 10 point cushion. But if you think I'm going to shoot for fucking 200 outside of a GPP, you're out of your mind. I mean, the rest of the year, you'll never you we may never see another week like this where it, it required 300 plus points to take down a GPP. And that's not even a millimaker. That's in, you know, some of these uh, higher cost, you know, higher entry fee, lower uh, uh, entries in there. You know, a lot of those, it was still like, God, I, I want to say it, they were somewhere around 250, 270 in some of those. Uh, the higher you went and lower it got, but I don't. I think like the lowest I saw was like a two forty something on DK for some of the higher end uh, or higher cost GPPs that you wanted to play to kill entries. And then on on FanDuel, it was still right around two hundred. See, it's weird. GPP on FanDuel was like really not that out of the ordinary. Now, there was a couple of guys that scored like two into the 220s uh, and there was like a 230 that was taking down like you know the 444 entry uh, $5 entry for you know the 50k or in 20ks and stuff like that. Like, it wasn't completely absurd but it was it was harder, it was harder, a little bit harder to get certain guys like McCaffrey and stuff in your lineup on DK than it was on FanDuel. FanDuel, it was fucking, it was easy just to get it all in there with whatever it is. So that's why I think there was a lot more miss on FanDuel than there was on DK because you had to have a certain, you had to have like just that certain, that right combination to get in there. You had to be fucking perfect which is really rare for like your 50-50 caches you can you can sometimes take a zero you know or a two from a guy I, I, I did it this week I did I did it on FanDuel I, I had fucking golden tape and I still cash but I mean that's you know I had couple of the right players to have in there that propped me up. You know, I had a hundred player or I had a hundred points basically out of two guys. So I only needed to make the other fifty up with the seven other plays. Which I did. So my big takeaway is just don't get discouraged. I'm not discouraged. I'm actually really excited because I, in my opinion, when I went back and looked at what I had written up, it was about close to fucking perfect as I could have fucking had it. Oh, we missed it. I had the fucking, I had, I had Philly Eagles probably fucking talk to everybody out of it on the podcast. I had them in GPP. Because it was the Jets, it was Luke Falk. Yeah, I put Robbie Anderson in the wide receivers, but I said, I, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to use it. I'm just putting it out there that it's a great matchup. Ended up being horrible for the Jets. They just got fucking railroaded. And you know, and you know who's going to be a higher own guy? It's, it's going to be anybody that's facing the Jets. If Darno is not there, that's where everybody's going to go now in cash this week. They're going to go there. You'll see a higher elevated price probably out of Philly. And then maybe that's where we go back to New England. I don't know. 
I haven't 100% looked at the... I've set up the spreadsheet for the matchups, but I'm not like, well, New England's going against uh, uh, Cincinnati this week. But, you know, stuff like that. So that, that all gets done up in the morning. Get started when I put all the pricing in. Let's start doing all the rankings and stuff. I'll get my DVPs all entered in tomorrow for this week. Um, and start working on the strength of schedule uh, chart as well as, you know, the data will start entering into the spreadsheet as I enter DVPs tonight or tomorrow morning. And then uh, I have... I end... Here, here's how the rest of the week's going to go. So, we're going to do Waiver Wire Tuesday. Um, and get us through there. Look at, you know, the updated chart from last from last Thursday. And see uh, where our targets are at again. And then, Tuesday I'll get start getting stuff entered. Probably won't get any DVOA stuff entered in Tuesday night. If I get everything done in the morning, I, I only have one route tomorrow. So I, I literally work like six hours tomorrow. So if DVOA data isn't out tomorrow night after I get done with work, then I'll just start on another you know, spreadsheet. I'm trying to get them all done up so then they're ready to go. All I have to do is pop them in makes everything easier on everybody but and then Wednesday uh, definitely for sure DVOA data goes in Uh, get that all done try to get everything all you know color coded up and everything real quick Um, make everything look fancy and uh, I should actually have the way I've got it I've got pretty much everything Vegas I don't enter in until Thursday but I've got all the matchups already set up, so all I got to do is just enter your favorites and your over unders, and then, I mean, Thursday it's going to be out. It's going to be out relatively early on Thursday for that for that write up. So Thursday, then we'll have the podcast for Thursday night football. Friday morning. We are going to go through the slate. And I'm going to start on the write-up right away Friday morning. And try to have as much of it done as humanly possible. I have... I am working another six days this week. So I'll be working Friday night. If I get done at a decent time, I'll just finish the write-up after I get done with work. I might even bring... I'll probably bring my laptop actually to work, and I'll work on it little by little on breaks and stuff. Saturday morning, I want to have the write-up out right away in the morning if I don't send it out late Friday night. If I get it done late Friday night, I'll just get it sent out. Saturday morning will be the podcast. It's going to be early as hell in the morning. So I have to go up to Milwaukee. It's a family day function uh, with my daughter up at UW-Milwaukee. So I'll be gone most of the day. Like, I, I actually mean daytime. So Saturday night I'll still be free. Um, and then Sunday morning I'll, I'll be free. Not doing anything. I'm not going out getting crazy, getting all lit up and drunk. So, I'll be there for everybody. If you got a questions, if if you don't like if you don't like a play, or if you're on a different play, if you're on a different player, you absolutely can ask me. But again, if you're going to come at me with a lineup. That's based off my write-up and somebody else's write-up. Where it has their players 
you know, that don't match my players. I can't really do anything for you. If you want me to critique a lineup with a mix in there, you need to point out which guys you want me to talk about or which guys you're unsure of. The only thing I can do is critique players. I can't critique somebody else's write-up. I can't go... He's way the fuck off. Because he's seeing the game a different... This person's seeing the game a different way than I'm seeing it. So you have to make a choice. If you decide that you like way the players in this game based off their ideas, then go with it. If you like the players based off what I'm telling you I'm seeing and how the game flow is going to go, then do it. But look at the game itself and even before even before you read it, anybody's stuff, go through the schedule and look at it and just do like a first run game script on how that game is going to be played. How you think that game is going to be played. Write it down. It doesn't take that long. Do a quick analysis. And then when you read it, go well. I, I, I look right here in this game. You know, uh, uh, Cleveland, Baltimore. Just throwing it out there. Ah, I do like. I, I like. You know, I, I agree. That's how they're going to do it. They're going to run Nick Chubb. Uh, you know, like last week. They're going to run Nick Chubb here, or I don't think they're going to run Nick Chubb. I don't think they're going to do that. I believe that they're going to pass the ball and utilize Odell Beckham or Jarvis Landry. Because I've looked at the matchups, you know, in the secondary, and these guys have better matchups, so that would mean that Baker Mayfield might be in play as well. Or maybe not Baker Mayfield, but maybe one of the wide receivers. Take a look at the fucking schedule. I'm not saying do your own work. I'm just saying do some of your own work. Don't just 100% rely on something and then just hope that it sticks. If you don't understand why the play is in there, then why are you playing? You need to learn how this stuff works, how teams react. Take a look at, you know, at the history, uh, last couple weeks, you know, what they've been doing, you know, what's been working out, what's not been working out, why. Put a little thought into it. That's all I'm saying. Because if your lineup doesn't work, You can't really argue with it if you if you haven't looked at everything, you know, or at least something. If you don't have an idea or a thought, I'd be more than willing to talk about a matchup, talk about a game, where I think it's going to go, what's going to happen here and there. But if you just come at me and go, here's my lineup go, okay, why did you choose this? Well, that's because that's the players that were in the write-up. Okay, why? Why did you choose them? You know, it's, it's the whole thing with the whole, we talk about correlation for, especially for GPP lineups. Like, if you're going to use, if you're going to use two players, like, 
you're going to use Hopkins, Hopkins and Fuller. And then you're using, uh, just for the sake of argument, the last game, let's say you were you were really on Devonta Freeman. That was the guy that you were going to run on the other side. Okay? But your, quarter, but your quarterback is, you know, Tom Brady. Like, why, why are you using Tom Brady, but you're using two of Matt Ryan's... Um, wide receivers well because I like Tom Brady's matchup more okay well for Julio Jones and and or uh, for Hopkins oh my god I fucked this up why are you using Tom Brady instead of Deshaun Watson well I like Tom Brady's matchup better than I like Deshaun Watson's okay but you have Hopkins Fuller and you have no wide receiver in the game. Not even a piece of the New England offense outside of Tom Brady. So why are you using Tom Brady? I told you, I like the matchup more. Okay, again, you're using two pieces for Deshaun Watson. If you want the lineup to go off, then you need, and, and, you, and you think Hopkins and Fuller are both going to go off, wouldn't you want to double down and just put Deshaun Watson in there and get all the points that are going to get accumulated through those hookups? Another one is if you would have ran a lineup, Deshaun Watson, Hopkins, Fuller. And again, you can bitch about Fuller. you can bitch about Hopkins all you want. I saw Hopkins and Julio in, in winning GPP lineup, so um, it's not a terrible play. Uh, so you have the three, right? You have Deshaun Watson, you have Julio Jones, oh, Jesus, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Will Fuller. Fill out the rest of your lineup. Here's my lineup. Okay. So you have Watson, Hopkins, got it right this time, and Fuller. But you have nobody for Atlanta. Right. I couldn't fit him in. You couldn't fit them in. You couldn't at least fit in Calvin Ridley, even Mohamed Sanu or Hooper. You know, cheaper options. You couldn't fit one guy in there. Nope. I wanted. I really wanted to get these guys in. Okay. Well, again, if you want Watson, Hopkins, and Fuller to go off like entirety, you need that game to stay close to try and max out points. So you need at least one Atlanta player that you're willing to bank on to run the other way and hope that they're the guy that explodes. You know, you can do... We're not talking full game stacks. If you're full game stacking, you know, that's a whole different thing. But you get what I'm saying. So you got to pick a piece from both sides if you're going to do a stack. You don't have to do it with everything. I mean, you can do, you know, uh, selected pieces. But if you're doing court, if, if you're doing, if you're doing full stacks, or even, you know, like say you're wide, you know, one wide receiver and one quarterback, always try to get one guy from the other side. If you can, there's certain situations where you don't have to do it, but for the most part, you want to do it because you want everybody to go off. Um, I'm ready to wrap this up, but uh, before I go, I just thought of it. Amari Cooper, that was the wide receiver. And he was great. But it shouldn't have worked out that way. That should have been a Zeke game all fucking day. The fact that Dallas ran the ball 
12 times all game with Zeke Elliott is a fucking disgrace. And if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, you should have been fucking pissed about it. <laughs> because I'm telling you that every Green Bay Packer fan was happy as a pig in shit that they abandoned that run game and they went to Dak Prescott. Because that was the wrong fucking move when not only your left tackle was out, but then you lost your right tackle because you were passing so fucking much, you just couldn't withstand. I mean, you have to try and keep a fucking rush off. I know you were down 14 to nothing. Still doesn't mean you can fucking not run when the obvious fucking matchup was on the ground. You know, I don't even give a fuck if they threw Tony Pollard in there. As long as they were running. I mean, yeah, it would have fucked up my my Zeke shares, but fuck. If Dallas isn't going to run the fucking ball and they're going to rely on Dak Prescott, they are going to lose more often than not. And it's and it's historical fact. I would not be surprised. Would not be surprised. If they look at that game plan. If they're smart. If they're smart. Now, we're talking Jason Garrett. So, you know, this could be totally off the ball. Because he's an idiot. But he does smile a lot. But he's an idiot. I want to take a look at the matchup. And I would not be surprised if next week you see them completely ride on Zeke Elliott. If they're smart. Now, depending upon the matchup, it's going to determine whether or not I put them in a GPP or not. Or a GPP or cat. But if they're smart, they're going to run him. And they're going to run him over 20 times. Because when you have a running back as good as Zeke is, you need to look no further than what Carolina is doing with Christian McCaffrey. And Zeke should be doing the same fucking things. Amari Cooper was getting shut down by Kevin King. Kevin King went out to an injury. And they had they had Dak Prescott dead to rights all fucking night. They lost a couple of interceptions due to stupid fucking penalties uh, of their own doing. But they owned Dak Prescott last night yesterday afternoon, whatever you want to say. So once Kevin King left, they put Jair Alexander on him. And Jair Alexander cannot cover Amari Cooper. And that is why Cooper was having his day. Alexander was the same guy that I was looking at for Michael Gallup. And I didn't know if I could pull the trigger on it because it was going to be a late game. And he was still questionable. So if I was willing to use Michael Gallup against Alexander, you don't fucking think I didn't want to put in Amari Cooper? You must be out of your fucking mind. You just can't cover Amari Cooper. But that's the guy that I wanted to talk about. He was not chicken. He was very, very good. But it was a stupid fucking play if he used it. Because the only way, the only reason why you got fucking bailed out on it was because of injury. And you're not picking players based off, well, I'm pretty sure Kevin King is going to get injured. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. But speaking of getting the fuck out of here, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Back in my shop. 
Gonna go clean my trailer off. Make another run downtown Chicago. Guys, have a good night. And I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Peace.